On today's episode of Inside the Nest, we speak with KSU baseball alum Grant Williams, who was drafted in the 10th round by the Boston Red Sox back in 2018. Inside the Nest is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank, the official bank of Kennesaw State Athletics. Fifth Third Bank, working hard to make banking a fifth third better. Visit 53.com for more information. So you remember Grant, who was a part of that 2016 A-Sun regular season championship team. 2017 All-Conference member, he was an All-Star in the Cape League. As I said before, he was drafted in the 10th round by the Boston Red Sox. So we find out what life is like for him after college baseball, what it's like to go through a full season in the minors, including a chance to play up the middle with one of the players that he idolized as a kid growing up in high school and even the early years of college. We also speak to him about his spring training this past year, his parents coming down and seeing him play the hometown Atlanta Braves, and then the effects of the coronavirus, how that completely halted his progress and what he's doing right now and what he's looking forward to. Lots of great stuff, and as you'll find out, like many that we've spoken with before, he was an excellent student-athlete, and he's a fantastic representation of KSU. Without further ado, it's Inside the Nest with Grant Williams. Grant, where are you joining us today? Uh, I'm joining you from my new house with my fiance in uh, Woodstock. Big deal. New house, fiance. That's a lot of chapters, and especially in this time period. How are you holding up through it? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's unknown right now. You know, it's kind of just kind of going through whatever, what everyone else in the world is going through right now. Um, just trying to stay safe and stay healthy at this point. So when's the big day? Uh, it is November 7th of this year. So we need this coronavirus to get up and get out of here so we can get married. <laughs> you nervous at all? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm more excited than anything. Um, just a lot of changes in the last couple months, but we're, we're both excited. Um, definitely a big step, but we're, we're, we're both very excited for it. Where were you and what was going on when the news of the coronavirus's impact on Major League Baseball hit? I was staying at one of my buddies' house during spring training, and we were, we were sitting there playing MLB The Show, and uh, we got a message. Um, we have a, a message board um, app, and I got a message we all did that said come get your things out of the locker room um you have you have until 7 p.m tonight to get it and you got two days to get out of here go home did so, you think something like that was going to happen or did it catch you off wind no i really i i really did think that we were going to get sent home or something was going to happen because um just with everything going on, we'd had multiple meetings. We knew the coronavirus was slowly approaching. Um, there were rumors going around about um, one of our newly signed players 
from Taiwan having it, which was untrue. We were, it was more just precautionary with him, but that just baseball, baseball in general, you got guys licking their hands every, every two pitches you got, you know, you're throwing the ball around. You've licked the ball. You've licked your hands, then touched the ball. And it was just, it was getting to a point where it was so, it was so obvious that the coronavirus was kind of, kind of bigger than everybody thought it was going to be. And I, I just had a feeling that we were going to be sent home just because of how, how many germs can be spread in a locker room. And, you know, once one person gets it, it's almost inevitable that everybody else is going to get it just with the close proximity you're in, in a locker room. And, you know, it was just a, definitely a tough, tough message to get to say, Hey, you're about to start games in five days, but just pack up your stuff and go home. You know, it was just a, just a weird, weird feeling. You know, I've never, I've, at this point in the, in the year, I've never not been playing baseball. What have you done with this time on your hands to try to stay fine tuned in the game? I get my, uh, I get my mental reps in with MLB, MLB the show. Um, <laughs> just kind of a, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's so, it's so tough right now because there's nowhere that I can really go. You know, I've, I've reached out to San, coach Sansing, um, but there's, there's restrictions on every single field. It seems like in Georgia. Um, and so right now it's just kind of, you know, I'll look back at my bats here and there, but right now it's more just kind of baseballs on the, on the back burner. So second time that you mentioned playing MLB this show, and I know this year they expanded with minor league rosters. Are you playing as yourself right now? Unfortunately, it only goes to double A. Oh. And so I missed it by one level, but um, I, it was a little disappointing opening it up and not seeing, not seeing myself in there. Um, just because I, that was, the, I was under the impression that it was all minor league teams, but you know, it is what it is. Just another goal to strive for. Well, next year, the plan is when we pop in, it'll be the show 21. We're going to be able to play as Grant Williams, right? Right. That's the, that's the hope. <laughs> Speaking of uh, progressing up the ladder, I think this year was going to be a big year for you. You just completed your first full season in the minors. You advanced to high A. How was the early part of spring training going for you and your development? Uh, I mean, I couldn't have asked for a better start to spring training, honestly. Um, I was, I was invited to go down early, um, for a little mini camp that they have. Uh, and that's usually about two weeks before actual spring training starts. Um, I got down there two weeks prior to that. So I was really down there a month early. Um, it's just kind of a little incentive to, to live out of the hotel. You can get your own house and everything, but you have to be there by February 3rd. Um, so I had been there since February 3rd and, uh, I had gotten some, some big league games in, um, which was really exciting. Spring training is kind of a, it's a, it's a different time for different players. You know, you got, 
obviously everybody's kind of just getting back into it, shaking some of the rust off and everything. But, you know, I, I feel like I showed up to spring training and I'm kind of ready for, ready for the season. I've seen some live pitches. I've seen some live, um, done some live at bats. So I'm, I mean, I kind of, it's like, it's, it's almost go time when spring training comes, comes around. And I mean, I was feeling, I was feeling pretty good about everything that was going on at spring training. Um, got a couple, couple big league at bats. Like I said, um, swing was starting to feel consistent. And then all of a sudden it's just like, it's gone. All of a sudden it's just, you know, they're telling us go home and, you know, everything's up in the air at this point. How did you fare in those big league at bats? Oh, I, I mean, I felt so comfortable, but I let my emotions kind of get, get the best of me. Um, just kind of it being a lifelong dream of mine to make it to the big leagues, you know, just kind of getting a taste of that during spring training this year was kind of, was so, it was, it was so exciting. That's what I, that's what I kept telling my parents after the game, they were, they uh, were able to make it to a couple of the games that I made it, um, made it up to the big leagues, but I just kept telling them I'm, I was so excited. I never felt like I really, you know, settled down, especially playing against the Braves. I mean, I grew up watching the Braves on TV and then I'm, you know, fast forward 20 something years and I'm, I'm sitting in the dugout watching Freddie Freeman hit and Ozzie, Ozzie Albies and Dansby Swanson. You know, it's, it's, it's almost, almost surreal. Got to, got to face one of my buddies, um, Tuki Tucson, who I played travel ball with, you know, I mean, it was just the best, the best way for me to put it was, it was, it was surreal. And what's so cool with that grant is that's not grant the fan watching those guys. That's grant the equal. You were on the same field. You were playing with them. You earned that. Right. And that's, that's kind of, that's kind of where it, all came full circle for me especially for my parents I mean being able to look up in the crowd and seeing them smiling and I mean it was it was it was a it was a cool moment um definitely something that I'll never forget but you know it's it that's the goal I mean I want to be up there next year I want to be up there for every game you know I don't want to just be getting called up you know or whatever whatever the timeline is I just that's that's where I want to be. I felt comfortable up there. I felt like my, my, my skills were matched with up there. You know, I didn't, I didn't feel overmatched, I guess is how, how I should put it. Um, just kind of just felt comfortable. Just like I said, never really, never really came back down to earth once I was out there. What other big league pitchers did you go against and did you record a hit in any of your bats? Uh, I did get one hit. Um, off of a 30 year old veteran who's been in and out of the league for the last six years, I believe. Um, no big names that I faced. I did um, saw Felix Hernandez pitch for the Braves, which was pretty cool. Didn't face him though. Yeah, I don't really think I would. I faced any big, big name pitchers. Hey, uh, getting a hit off any big league pitcher is a feat in and of itself. Who was the vet that you got the hit off? You have to give me 
you have to give me your uh... grant you're so humble if i'm in your shoes i would have that rattled off in a second i know it's funny i didn't even know who it was it was my mom that told me my mom's always been the, the statistician but yeah i mean it was definitely a an exciting an exciting time for me and my and my my parents <laughs> i mean they were they were ecstatic what was the look on their faces after the game that they were able to come down and see? I mean, it was indescribable. The um, Ron Renicky, our manager, actually gave me the um, the lineup card after we played the Braves, and of course, that was in New Newport um, or Northport, their new spring training facility. Beautiful facility. Um, and my parents were were able to make it. It's only 30, 40 minutes from where they're at. They're at, and uh, I gave them a lineup card after the game. And I mean, it was just kind of, it was just so cool to see their expression with my name on the other side of the Atlanta Braves. What role did your parents play in your baseball career to this point? They they molded it. I mean. And I, and it's, I know it's, I know it's not just my parents, you know, it's every, it's every kid's parents that plays a sport that has them driving hours on, on end every, every weekend to play tournaments. And, you know, it's putting forth the money for us to go out to eat team dinners. And, you know, it's all that, it's all that stuff that they do before you're able to, before you're an independent person where you can drive when you're 16 or whatever, you know, they just, they they always set me up for success and nothing nothing was ever forced i guess you could say you know it was a my mom and dad they they told me they said we're going to support you no matter what you do no matter what you're doing um i just want you to go after everything wholeheartedly and you know i picked up a baseball when I was one and a half years old with my grandma in my basement and I mean just kind of never looked back from there great lessons and to wrap up the thought of spring training what feedback did you receive from your instructors and your coaches because as you said earlier you felt pretty comfortable out there you, you felt like you grew and certainly there are some learning things from facing big league pitchers uh, what were maybe some of the last words you got of your development in spring training um, pretty much it was, I mean, there was, there was a lot of, there was a lot of good that came out of it. It was, um, it was complimentary of my skills defensively shown last year. Um, versatility was a big, big topic when they were discussing my, my playing style. Um, I played mostly second, I would say in college, I'd go off to summer ball, play a little bit of short here and there, play a little bit of short at Kennesaw in the fall. Um, but mostly, mostly second base. And this last year I played short, um, over a hundred games and was it, I, I put up good numbers defensively and, um, you know, so that was, that was kind of a, a big, I guess, eye opener for some of the, um, for some of the coordinators, just, I never really showed my ability to play shortstop in pro ball until this year. And so it was, it was nice to go out there and be able to show that I can play multiple positions.
This podcast is brought to you by the Indy, Kennesaw's newest student house community. The Indy is now accepting applications for the fall of 2020. Visit www.livetheindy.com for more information. See what elevated student housing looks like. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to Inside the Nest. It's available on your favorite podcast platforms while you're there. Be sure to rate us as well. All of these podcasts, in addition to all those platforms, are available at ksuals.com slash podcasts. Let's go back inside the nest with Grant Williams. What's probably the biggest difference of playing short and playing second base in professional baseball that you've noticed? Um, it's really the different, the, well, the obvious difference is the angles are different. Um, you know, I, at short, I feel like on most on most most balls, you're able to get your momentum going towards first base. Second, there's a little bit more um, off balance throws. I feel like, but really, you know, it's it's more just timing. You know, you got to have that mental clock, the game clock going on in your head at short more so than second, just because with the longer throw, but. You know, it's it's definitely different in college. I mean, you got guys running faster. The bigger guys are are running faster, uh, and that was kind of something I picked up playing in the big league games this spring. You know, it's just you can tell the speed of the game is it it does go up, it does increase a little bit, but it's still baseball. I mean, that was kind of the biggest takeaway that I got from the spring training was is doesn't matter what level you're at, what what it says on the baseball, if it's minor league or major league, it's still they have to they throw it from sixty feet six inches and you gotta run ninety feet before they get get the ball there. So last year as a twenty-three year old, you advanced a level in high A to reach the Salem Red Sox. You played for the Greenville Drive for 104 games, 17 for Salem. Obviously a successful year for you to get the call up. Looking back on your first full season in the minors, what was something that you think, okay, maybe this is a little bit easier for a transition than what I expected? And what maybe was the most difficult part of going through a full minor league season? Um, I mean, going through the full, full season, is definitely eye-opening as to how many games 140-something games is. I mean, you really have to take care of your body everybody everybody's body's different some guys need you know 100 swings before the game 50 ground balls and they need that or they're not going to be able to perform well um when you're playing 140 games you can't you can't be taking 100 swings and 50 ground balls every single day your body will wear out by june you know um so i really i really i learned how to how to pretty much micromanage my workload um, so that I wasn't exhausting myself for the game. You know, it was, it was being able to get my work in either before the game, um, during the game. It's, it's getting, getting myself prepared for that 7 p.m. start. It's doing whatever I need to do to get, to get, to get ready for that. And that's kind of, that's kind of what I learned. Um, but yeah, I mean, taking care of your body is probably one of the biggest biggest components of professional baseball 
what's nice, especially coming from college, um, you know, college season's about 55 games, give or take. Um, and then summer balls, give or take 40, 50, whatever it is. So, I mean, it, I was, I was pretty used to playing about a hundred games a year. Um, but I mean, that extra, that extra 40, you can, you can feel it in your body in August. That's for sure. What's a tip that you can give someone that's currently on our baseball team at Kennesaw state or a youngster listening in as to how they can take care of their body once baseball resumes? Taking care of your body. I mean, it's, it's, it's not just something that you can, you can do one day and not the next. I mean, it's, it's year round drinking, drinking water, eating healthy, making sure that you're getting vegetables and fruits and making sure you're eating enough, you know, you're fueling your fire and everything like that. I don't, you know, it, and that's, that's the thing. Everybody's different. You know, my, my flexibility might be different than somebody else's, but I know, I know the stretches that I have to, I have to do to be able to, to perform, you know, and so it's really just kind of figuring out your body, figuring out what you need, um, what you need to maintain, what you need to work on um, to make sure that your body feels as good as it can for the whole season. I know in single A ball that pregame spread in the clubhouse isn't always the most nutritious. Did you ever find difficulty in giving your per diem for the day or your pregame spread of trying to get those nutrients that you were looking for? Uh, it's definitely tough, but no, I, I mean, most, most spreads you're going to, you're going to have the nutrients that you need. Um, in the off season, I can't touch peanut butter and jelly because I eat so much of it during the season. <laughs> um, just about every day, my lunch is two peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, some yogurt, some fruit, and maybe something else that's in there. Um, but I mean, most days there's like, there's pasta some days, you know, there's chicken sandwiches other days, you know, it's not just peanut butter and jelly, but that's, I don't know. I, I don't really, I don't really play on a super full stomach. So I couldn't go out and eat chicken Parmesan from an Italian restaurant and then go out and play shortstop. I mean, it's some, some people can do that. I, I can't, you know, I just feel like I have a brick sitting on my stomach and it needs to, needs to leave. But, um, you know, it, 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 it comes down to your own decisions. I mean, there's going to be food out in the locker room. You don't have to eat it, but you know that if you don't eat it, you're not eating until four o'clock on a day game. Or if you don't eat it, you're not eating until at least 1030 at night. So, I mean, it definitely, uh, definitely will come back to haunt you if you don't, you don't attack those PB&Js. What's a story that you like telling friends and family about last season in the minors? Whether it's a fun experience or something funny happened in the game or the crowd, what's something that you like telling? The coolest, the coolest thing that happened to me last year was um, one of my favorite baseball players uh, is Dustin Pedroia, and he actually came down to Greenville opening weekend for a rehab start. Um, he was rehabbing his, his knee. And, uh, so for the first three games of, you know, the 2019 season, um, I'm playing up the middle with Dustin Pedroia and I look to my left 
And I mean, I just had to, I had to pinch myself that first game. I mean, it was like, I was like, oh my gosh, that is a guy, that's a guy that I've watched on TV when I was 10 years old, you know, it's like, that's, that's one of my idols and I'm playing up the middle with him, going on to turn a couple double plays with him, make some, make some plays up the middle with it. I mean, it was just, it was, it was just crazy being a short and looking over and it and just being like, Oh my gosh, that's Dustin Pedroia, you know, just playing on the same field as him. It was, I mean, it was, it was really cool. It was a cool experience. Did he offer any advice to you? Uh, we, we, we talked. Um, it was more, it was more pertaining to the game or a certain, a certain way that I flipped it more more chatting how he prefers for example i asked him if if he liked to come across the bag or stay on the backside of a bag on a double play and um and so we discussed that and i asked why and little little things like that um but i mean down to earth guy just love you can tell he just he just loves loves the game of baseball and i mean feel horrible with everything going on with his with his knee just kind of not not able to get back to 100 percent. but you know I think he's he's gonna be he's gonna be a legend in Boston Red Sox history for the rest of his his life and beyond I mean just a just a very humble player um attacks the game the right way and I mean that was definitely one of the coolest coolest moments from last year's season for sure that's so awesome when you got the call from Boston they drafted you in the 10th round of the 2018 draft given that you were second baseman at KSU was that one of the first names that crossed your mind when you had dreams of one day reaching Fenway Park oh absolutely I mean it's it's funny because my uncle was coming into town for the draft and uh and he shows up at the front door on draft day and he, for whatever reason, he goes, you're going to Boston. You're going to be, you're going to, you're going to be in Pedroia's organization. And I was like, that would be so cool. But you know, there's 30 teams. Like there's, there's a, <laughs> it's about a 3% chance of that happening. Sure enough, 10th round comes around and that's, a, that's the team I go to. I mean, it was just kind of a, it was a, Where'd you, where'd you come, where'd you come up with that uncle Wags? You know, it was, it was funny. Have you called him up and asked for lottery numbers anytime recently? <laughs> Not recently, but I told him the next day after I was drafted to go buy one. <laughs> did, did you have any sort of inkling going into it that maybe he was right and maybe you would go about, go to Boston or did you think you were going to another team? You know, I, I really didn't know. I mean, it was, at that point it was, I had done everything I could do. You know, I had, I had left everything, everything I had out on the field at that point, it was in, it was in God's hands. And it was funny that the Red Sox kind of were one of the later teams to jump on, on board. Um, I'd filled out a questionnaire for them during my time up in the Cape Cod league. Uh, but other than that, I hadn't heard from them until about two weeks before the draft 
right after a conference tournament in North Florida. Um, that was the first time I'd really heard from the Red Sox. And but it, I mean, it was cool. My parents, they went out and they, they got 30 hats. So whatever team it was, I was, I was able to throw on the hat right after. Um, it was, my dad was able to get a refund on the other 29 hats. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was just my parents, they made it a special day. And I mean, it really, it, it, it was one of the, one of the happier moments of my life so far. We'd like to take a moment to thank our healthcare partner, Wellstar Health System. At Wellstar, their mission is to enhance the health and well-being of every person they serve. Their vision is to deliver world-class healthcare to every person, every time. We'd also like to take this time to thank our proud partner, Coca-Cola, for being the beverage choice of KSU Athletics events. Coca-Cola, taste the feeling. A few more stories from Grant to get to. Let's go back inside the nest with Grant Williams. We think it's certainly the start of something special in your professional career. Right before that, though, you capped a great career at KSU 2017. You're all a son, the co-defensive player of the year, a part of a fantastic 2016 regular season championship year. Looking back at your years at KSU, what stands out as some of your best memories? Best memories? Oh, man. There's too many. I had way too many in those four years. Um, I don't know. I mean, there were, there were a lot of, a lot of good moments, um, on the baseball field and off the baseball field met so many good, good people. Um, one of my favorite moments, probably hitting a, hitting a grand slam the second game of my senior year, um, wasn't didn't hit didn't hit for much power most of my college career with only five home runs um or four home runs besides my senior year but coming out senior year and that second day hitting a grand slam was was definitely at the top especially with my uh my parents my grandparents my now fiance and my fiance's sister um were in the stands so that was that was a pretty cool moment what made that 2016 season so successful? Why was the team able to accomplish so much? Well, I mean, we had, we had the talent on paper, um, but we came together and I mean, we just, we just went out, we just got after it every single game. It was, it, if we were down three, it didn't matter. We were coming back. You know, it was, it was just kind of everything, everything was clicking during that regular season. Is there anyone from your time at KSU that you still keep in touch with? Most people. I mean, I talk with Coach Sansing every now and then. Uh, I talk with Coach Fowler every now and then. Um, and then the guys, I mean, I'm always, I'm always either playing video games with them or talking with them on a the phone. Um, I mean, I'm in touch with most of, most of the guys that, I played two year, two or more years with at Kennesaw. What impact did Coach Sansing have on you? Oh, I mean, he was he was my dad for four years, pretty much. I mean, we 
from August to August to May, it was no. Coach Sansing was my dad. I mean, he was just a friend. He was a friendly figure, but you know, he kind of he wasn't just a baseball coach, and he's not just a baseball coach. He 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 truly wants wants you to grow up and be a, a good person. You know, if baseball works out, great. But he wants his his goal for everybody on that team is that when they leave Kennesaw, they're a better person than what they came. And I want. I mean, I, I'll be forever grateful for Coach Sansing and his wife. Um, just down-to-earth, great people. Um, it's funny. This is the uh, this is a story that if if Coach Sansing reads this, he's gonna he's probably gonna laugh. But um, ended up missing opening day. Uh, I believe it. I think it was my junior year. Um, I missed a class. I ended up mixing up one of my classes that I got an email for. And so I didn't go to my class because I got an email that said it was canceled, but it was a different class. Anyways, huge mix up. Coach Sansing does class checks. He's probably got his pumpkin spice latte in his hand, walking around, going and checking classes. I get a text about 10 o'clock. Hey, where are you? And I was like, I'm at, I'm at my dorm. What's up? He was like, you're supposed to be in class right now. I'm like, no, it's, it's canceled. He said, no, it's not. I'm at class right now. And there's, they're having class. He said, you better get to class. And so I threw on my backpack, go run to class. Um, I see coach Sansing and he's like, come to my office after the class. And I'm like, all right. So I go, and obviously, you know, we have a, you got to go to class policy. I mean, it's, it's, it's your student athlete. It's, you know, it's not athlete, student, it's student athlete. So, I mean, we all, we all know the rules. You, you go to class or you don't, you don't play. Well, this was the first, the first kind of missing class. This is the first missed class I've had. And so I go to, I go to Coach Stancing's office after class and um, explain to myself, explain to Coach Stancing, I was like, hey, I mean, it was just a mix up. You know, it was like, I got this email about this class. Anyways. He goes, all right, well, you're not practicing today and you're sitting opening day. And I'm like, Coach Shancy, come on. It's my first, it's my first time missing class. He said, no, rules are, rules are rules. So opening day, I'm sitting up in the, in the bleachers. And um, one of the scouts was saying, Grant, what are you doing up here? I was like, well, I missed, I missed class. And they were like, no, seriously, what'd you do? And I was like, no, I, I missed, I missed class. They're like, how many times did you miss class? I said once. They said, there's no way Mike, Coach Sansing, um, benched you for opening day for missing one class. And I looked, I looked over to Coach Sansing from the bleachers and he's looking up at me. And I just, I just stopped, I stopped talking there and just kind of just, I just had to wear it. I mean, it was, I learned, I learned my lesson. That's, Let's say that I didn't miss another class. There were so many good times on the baseball field and off. I mean, it was just, we were one big family and it was, it was, I mean, an, an incredible four years. I couldn't have asked for a better college experience. Um, and really just kind of being, being able to be a part of 
Kennesaw and coming in as a freshman and being given the opportunity to play. That was all I wanted. That was all I wanted as a freshman. I wanted the opportunity to play. I didn't want to go and, you know, just ride the bench because I'm a freshman. I want to be able to play. And that's, that's what coach Sansing and uh, the staff said on my, on my visit. And, you know, I, I trusted in them and here we are. You had a fantastic career. Is there anything looking back at your time at KSU that you wish you had done different though? No, no, I don't. I think, I think I, I've worked for everything that I've been, been given. You know, I think I've earned everything that I've been given being an undersized player. Um, you know, I was told, I was told I'm not going to, not going to go play division one baseball. I was told I'm not going to, not going to play in the Cape. I was told I'm not going to get drafted. You know, it's my whole life has been overcoming, overcoming adversity and overcoming what the naysayers are saying, you know, it kind of sounds cliche, but it's, I mean, it's, it's true. I play with a chip on my shoulder, you know, it's, you're not going to beat me today. And that's, that's how I've approached the game. And, you know, it's, it's what separates myself. Where did this confidence in yourself start? Because I think everyone that's listening to this podcast can pick up on it. You don't come across as a cocky guy. You come across as someone who, as you said, you have a chip on your shoulder and you're confident in your abilities. Where, where did that stem from? You know, it, it, it stems from my preparation and my, and my work ethic. You know, I, I'm so comfortable in my own skin because I know that I've put in the work that whatever happens is, is supposed to happen. You know, it's, I don't feel pressure when I'm on a baseball field. I don't feel anything, anything but excitement when I'm out there. And it's, you know, I, I think, I think that my confidence just completely stems from my preparation and the hard work that I put in, um, that I go out there and I trust my abilities and, you know, I, I don't, I don't think too much, I guess you could say when I'm out on the field, I just kind of, I, I just kind of react. I go through it. I do it. You know, it's, but I, but I mean, you know, that's, that's part of baseball. It's, you know, it, part of the game is mental. You got to be able to be confident to where it's, it doesn't come off to where it's, it's all about me. Look at me, you know, it's, you got to have some confidence when you play or you're, you're not going to be able to be successful, but you know, you, there's a, there's a fine line between confidence and arrogance and it's, it's staying true to who do you, who you are and running with it. Well, Grant, I will say this is you have the respect and admiration from Kennesaw state uh, everyone at KSU, especially coach Sansing, because I asked him, Hey, who do you think would be a good podcast guest from, someone's playing professionally and he suggested you so <laughs> I, I think that speaks a lot of uh how he thinks about you and how he views you yeah he's just trying to get some of my grandma's homemade pretzels <laughs> oh, okay well there, there was, that's the uh that's the special dish in the williams family oh yeah these these pretzels are you'll have to talk to coach sansing about it he'll he'll he'll, he'll tell you they're they're pretty incredible 
All right, I'll have to get the down low on that. Grant, my grandma would make such a big bag of pretzels that I would bring them in the dugout or bring them in a locker room, and they'd be gone within 30 minutes of reaching the locker room. Oh my goodness! Yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty. Pretty tasty. Have you suggested she uh, become a vendor at baseball games? Yeah, I, but they're they're too they're too they they would become lethal at that point. <laughs> Grant, I'll uh, I'll leave you with this, man. Is there anything that you'd like to say to uh, some of your former teammates, anyone that's a KSU fan listening in or a fan of the Boston Red Sox? The floor is yours. No, I mean to all my all my teammates that I played with in the past. Um, I wish you guys the best. Um, to the seniors that are playing, um, I'm glad you guys got your eligibility back. Don't don't take anything for granted. Go out there for your last year and leave it all, leave it all out there. Um, your senior year of playing college baseball, it's it's probably the it, it will be the one that you remember the most. Um, but just just don't go out there and let let numbers consume you. Go out there and and play the game because you enjoy playing the game. Don't play it because you want you want to achieve that number or achieve something just play the game to play the game and enjoy it um and to the coaches wish you guys the best of luck next year um and if you're around i need some ground balls and some bp <laughs> at some point <laughs> um no nah, but just everybody i i hope everybody stays stays healthy and stays safe during this time. We'll get through this time together and God bless everybody. Well said, Grant. We wish you the best of luck during this time. And we anxiously look forward to seeing you back on the diamond for the Red Sox minor leaguers and playing with you in the show next year too. (laughs) Yeah, let's, let's, let's hope so. So best of luck to Grant in these new chapters of his life that are coming up, and we look forward to him having the opportunity to get back on the diamond and show the Red Sox what he's got as he continues to work up the minor league ladder. Inside the Nest is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank, the official bank of Kennesaw State Athletics. Fifth Third Bank, working hard to make banking a fifth third better. Visit 53.com for more information. If you enjoy this podcast, we've got plenty more with KSU alumni and current student-athletes available wherever you're listening right now, whether that's ksuals.com slash podcasts or on your favorite podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, you name it, we're there. So be sure to check out all of our other podcasts and subscribe so when this is released every single week, it comes right to your personal device. I'm Nolan Alexander. Continue staying safe and healthy, and go Owls!